Welcome to In the Name of Game. Welcome once again to In the Name of Game, a video game podcast. Today is the 16th of May, 2013. back to our show i'm your host iggy and i'm <laughs> and, and this is colin giggling. i'm colin i'm co-host Knox. <laughs> jesus this is way worse than last week yeah <laughs> we were talking about how we nailed it every time and yeah we have a deliriously deliriously tired colin as our, yeah. our co-host today we're gonna have a short episode so he can get some sleep but um we have some cool stuff to talk about today some uh discussion worthy topics because some of them don't have a lot of uh details which is kind of suspect um Six. huh Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, first off, uh, the thing that I noticed first, because a lot of people were telling me this today. Um, so apparently, EA is opening a dice studio in Los Angeles, um, and it, this this dice studio is going to primarily or solely have Star Wars franchises, so or titles. So that kind of makes me think that the. That Frontal Assault game that they mentioned before, LucasArts went kaput, is probably going to be headed by that studio. Um, the other thing that they're not saying, though, is that, that I've been hearing rumors, like they haven't spelled this out, but I've been hearing rumors that most or maybe all of those employees will actually be Danger Close employees. So maybe Danger Close is essentially being turned into a dice studio. It's not, you know, it, it's not so... Hard to imagine, considering that they put Warfighter on, like, indefinite hold after, you know, how poorly it did. So this might be kind of like a rebirth for them, perhaps. Um, I don't know. A lot of people are still really wary because, on the one hand, it is cool how you have a company that's specifically making Star Wars things. But on the other hand, you have no idea what that quality level is going to be like. Yeah. So. A first-person shooter. Well, that's yeah. the thing. It's going to be DICE. So, of course, it's going to be using fr- the new Frostbite engine. And what does DICE know? They know first-person shooters. So it's not like you're going to get like a third-person game all of a sudden. Right. Uh, I mean, you could. You just but that have would- to be concerned that you're not going to get like Gears of Star Wars or something. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what's funny is like ever since the first Gears of War, I'm not sure, I mean... Maybe I could count on, like, one hand games I could think of that are third-person that don't have a cover-based mechanic. So it's like, as soon as that hit, everyone was like, well, we just have to have a cover system. Everything has to have a cover system. Like, <laughs> really have to have a cover system for every th- third-person game? Like, it feels like you still do, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, unless it's, like, one of those cartoony games, like Ratchet and Clank or something, where right. I think normally you don't. Who knows? Maybe in the newer one you did. I, I haven't played the, the newest ones. so But that kind of sucks. Anyway, so that's going to be DICE. And the DICE general director, Carl Magnus Trudson. What? Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Is name. he an X-Man? He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Magnus. Um, he says, there's an extreme talent pool over there, you know, L.A., that we want to be a part of. It's no secret our main competitor is there. So they're clearly hinting oh. that, like, what other first-person shooters that are big <laughs> are also in L.A.? Hmm. Uh, I yeah. need to think. But hmm. it's weird because it's like, 
if you're going to have a specifically Star Wars experience, I, I mean, maybe other people can do this, right? But I don't usually pair those things together like as competitors. I usually would consider, even if it's also a first-person shooter, I would still consider a Star Wars game kind of like a different entity. I don't know. You guys, would you guys compare them together anyway? Or would you also kind of similarly say, nah, I'm going to treat this differently? You mean shooters as a whole? Well, like, say for, example, say, for example, they make a Star Wars shooter mm-hmm. and say they make, you know, however more, many more Call of Duties or Battlefields or whatever else. When you play those games, are you going to specifically compare them all together? Or will your brain say, well, I'll compare all the Battlefields and whatever's, but I will try this Star Wars thing as like a separate thing? I think because it's coming from DICE, I'm going to compare it a lot to Battlefield, you know, no just problem, because of that yeah. fact alone. I mean,. Like the 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 mechanics that came out of Call of Duty and Battlefield, you know, they kind of share between each other. Yeah. I mean, it's just like I think it's pretty much inescapable by now to have those sorts of game mechanics in a first-person shooter of that style. Now, granted, Star Wars is very different from Battlefield. Right. And Star Wars is very different from Call of Duty, but it's hard for me to believe that that's that genre of game coming from that same studio is going to not have some of those very you know the same core mechanics. You know, though, I really hope, considering that this is supposed to be a different franchise or IP, I really hope that they wouldn't just kind of port over the Battlefield system, essentially, yeah. in terms of game mechanics. Because if you think about it, if you guys ever played, like, Star Wars Battlefront, either one or two, like, yeah, you would have some general kind of first-person uh, game mechanics, but they also occasionally let you go third-person. Like, if you were a Jedi... You would just be mm-hmm. third person because, um, you know, you got your lightsaber and how, yeah. how would you use a lightsaber in first person would be kind of shitty. Well, and I then, mean, think of Skyrim. I mean, not Skyrim, but Elder Scrolls is a, a, in general. I mean, right. you use swords all the time in that. So I think that's something, you know, a first person, you know, lightsaber thing wouldn't be too bad. It wouldn't be too bad, but I noticed people seem to almost prefer a third person because you can kind of get a better sense of, like, where your, your saber yeah. really is in, like, space. yeah. yeah. Um, cause it's hard to, even with Skyrim, it's kind of hard to gauge, like, am I close enough to really be hitting this guy? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you'll get like a different colored reticle to kind of give you a clue, but visually in terms of like the virtual space, yeah, it's hard to yeah. tell. Right. Um, so I would hope that if DICE does a game that they will do kind of like what Battlefront did, where, where I know it's more work, but giving you the option of also playing your, your character in third person, cause Battlefront always did that. And in some cases it was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always kind of have to do that once you get into a vehicle, because there's no fucking way you're going to do a right. good job first person. I mean, <laughs> have you seen people fly planes in Battlefield first person? It's like, pfft, they suck. Um, <laughs> or at least from the people I've seen. But, uh, they probably just suck in general. Well, <laughs> I, remember, <laughs> I remember, I don't know if it was Battlefield, was it 1942? You know, that standalone one that they released a while back? Um right. That yeah. one, I remember when I tried it, I was like, Jesus, there's kind of a steep learning curve with the planes. Like, you would think that you just turn the nose up, then you almost immediately <laughs> crash, and then you're like, yeah. wow, what the fuck? Like, if you guys tried it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the frontal assault, the, the alpha or maybe partially beta video that got leaked for the LucasArts game um, looked like it had speeder bikes and you had chicken walkers, you know, ATSTs, yeah. all this, this cool stuff. And that looked really fun. So if EA or this new DICE, Star Wars DICE, I don't know what they're going to call themselves, um, is going to do some version of that, I hope they kind of keep that feeling 
of the of the leaked video because it felt more like Battlefront than Battlefield. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, once you're in first person, yeah, there's some Battlefield esque kind of uh, yeah. like the framing feels sort of Battlefield, but it still did have the Battlefront feel with a lot of like interacting with other people and uh, devices and vehicles and stuff. Um, yeah, but I'm uh, I'm very hesitant to be excited about ea taking total control over star wars games in general yeah it's not like i mean lucasarts was kind of fumbling around the past like five to ten years with their own games but to have some to have a corporation that is so um has been dinged in the recent past for doing a lot of like really shitty microtransactions and and kind of ruining in some ways the previous game experiences for for sequels like i wonder if they're going to get it right with this or if it's going to take at least a couple games for them to find their comfort zone you know with with star wars games because they can't just you know slap a coating of star wars on top of an existing thing like it needs to feel like it's made like a star wars game first and everything else kind of second for people to grab onto it right i think i don't know uh, you have to, I guess, like, my main concern is to go with the inevitable comparison. It's like the new Star Trek movies. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, yeah, exactly. well, they include all these winks at the fans. Like, yeah, I see, we watched the old series. But I don't know if they would actually go full on embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would think exactly. it would be like a sanitized version of what you're used to. Yeah, at least for the first couple, right? Right. They're definitely. trying to do some like mix and match. Like, yeah, we're going to have enough Star Wars components so you feel kind of comfy. But yeah. then we're we're going to use uh, things that we've already reliably done in the past. But you see that he he brings up a good point. That's a good comparison. Is the fact that you know, I mean the the new generation movies. You know when they were coming out for Star Trek, obviously the new generation movies. I mean they were never like explosively popular. You know what I mean? But these new that ones, maybe the, First Contact. I think yeah, First Contact might have been. But I mean the, the new Star Wars movies, the the one that was released a couple years ago, and the one that's coming out later. Is it this year? I don't know. I think it's this it's, week. Is it yeah, this weekend? There you go. Yeah. Thursday, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean, it is like Knox said. Is it's a good word to sanitize. You know, it's sanitized for the masses. Right. And I wonder. I mean, granted, the video game industry has changed in the past five or ten years, obviously. Um, but I mean, I wonder, like, if if you know the LucasArts, whatever form they take now, is going to kind of sanitize Star Wars and do the same kind of thing. Because, I mean, you look at Star Trek now, and I know it's supposed to be Captain Kirk and Sulu and Uhura and everybody, you know. Right. But it doesn't feel like it. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't feel the same. You well, know, it's, 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 it's so well-polished. Yeah. Mean, the original series was so – it's so cheesy, but it's still good. You know what I mean? Right. But, I mean, it doesn't feel the same. Well, the other so, thing, too, is, like, I don't know why. I guess because it's easy. Uh, a lot of these initial games, when somebody gets hold of an IP, are almost like adaptations of an existing thing, or like stuff that still stays true to the the generic like main story of whatever it is. Like I would think that what they were kind of trying to do, like with that bounty hunter game, was it sixteen six no, thirteen thirteen? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and some other types of games. Like it felt like they were finally, after how many years, LucasArts was trying to kind of spread out a little bit and say, "Look, we have this entire franchise. We don't necessarily have to do stuff with regular characters. Like we could make something happen in that universe that's totally new." And the last yeah. time I remember them doing that was Kotor, and Kotor was right. great, but that was so long ago. It was what oh three? Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. The, for the first one, and it's like ten years ago. Yeah. I would think Damn. that now that EA has, <laughs> makes you feel old, right? Um, yeah. Now that EA has control of this uh, this whole series, this universe, it would be neat to have the balls to to spread out and say, okay, this company try to do something like okay you can have a jedi thing but let's not do the really obvious jedi stuff you know let's try something like remember back when they had dark forces and you get somebody like kyle katarn who never seems like he would have been like a jedi and then they make like that type of guy into like a jedi it's like how is that how interesting that is because it's so different from the typical like oh i was raised as a kid jedi and you know padawan and i you know i've gone through the whole steps no what if you took somebody like him or like kind of luke and they have like a crash course in how to be a Jedi and what happens, you know? Like that I think is more interesting. Or the bounty hunter angle because they've done a couple games in the past, but I would like to see one that's not, one, not Boba Fett because that's always the instant fucking thing. Or, or <laughs> two, like something that almost is like an RPG of sorts. Like you start out as kind of like this newbie that's like, dude, I want to be a bounty hunter and maybe I have a good reason. Like people I want to kill, killed somebody that was important. You know, like like a revenge motive because that seems pretty normal <laughs> for a bounty hunter, I guess. Um, but it's something that would let you build and grow that character into an ultimately powerful one instead of doing the easy thing where you start with an established character who's already already kind of powerful and yeah. then like where do you develop from there you don't really That'd be a really good game like kind of a more freeform rpg yeah and- yeah and i i don't know why they haven't i mean there was like there was a game called like star wars bounty hunter yeah, it makes i'm me, pretty no, sure me, that was boba fett for that it makes one. me it think of like fett. it makes me think of like some of the mech warrior games had immersed like some of them had mercenary offshoots you know what i mean uh-huh where you would run your own mercenary company and kind of hire people and you know have equipment management and all that sort of shit which would be kind of cool with that sort of bounty hunter concept but that's in the, the Star thing Wars like uh, almost like a like a bethesda approach like you start out mm-hmm. as almost like a nobody with, yeah. with nothing and from there you you figure out like you learn about the people the important people in the universe and you kind of you know find your way in in um kind of an off-the-beaten-path kind of way. Not super yeah. linear where it's like, no, you go here, and you do this, and you're there. But yeah. no, like, what would make it attractive, like a Skyrim way, is, yeah, you'll get powerful and whatever, but you do it through your own course and, and, and path, as opposed to being forcibly led in a very kind of linear format. And yeah. that would be neat. It's, granted, it's very difficult to do, but I think the the longevity of an idea like that far surpasses any like typical game idea they would normally do you know it takes a really really well developed universe too yeah. which well, that, which while star, star wars, wars while, well, <laughs> yeah. hang on a second because i think that you know star wars is is detailed but i don't know enough about the expanded universe to pass judgment i do know a lot about elder scrolls and i do know that like a lot of the a lot of the background material is really, really well-researched, and it's all written by the same guy, which I think is the sticking point here. Yeah, see, the the, the thing yeah. with that, remember, if you guys remember the different levels of canon that the Star Wars universe has, where you have, like, the God Mode canon, like oh, the, yeah. the Lucas canon, which is yeah. really just the movies, mm-hmm. which is fine. And then you have, like, the next step-down canon, which includes an expanding universe, and then a certain, I don't know if it's a step after that, or if it's, like, a parallel step where you have like games and, and whatever and then you have this weird uh, thing where sometimes people combine it like for example for knights of the old republic they were using a lot of lore that had actually been established like exar kun and some of these other characters that had been established in comics and some of the novels mm-hmm. 
which was cool because like if you knew those characters you'd be like oh my god that's the uh, the tomb of Junta Paul or whoever these fucking characters are that I only like read the names of before and you see that fleshed out and that's cool and I, I think what you're saying in terms of having a universe that feels real that's a potential strong point for Star Wars because hey I'm sure you could easily hire a fucking nerd that knows all these crazy <laughs> deals about uh, details about Star Wars and tell them look I want it to be in this time period, potentially with these kinds of characters. What do you know in the existing canon, uh, expanded universe that can support this and go with this? And I swear to God, you get a tiny team of those nerds and you will have a wealth of information at your fingertips. Now, it sucks because... Uh, as well, it sucks because that's not DICE. It's not DICE. <laughs> that's Bethesda. That's the problem. And, and it's also that's been written Bethesda. by different people. So sometimes yeah. the quality level of, even though you have a lot of information, sometimes the quality level of some of that information is a little, you know, questionable. Yeah. But that's what, what Bioware did so well in Knights of the Old Republic because they said, look, we have this great universe. It's been kind of overused in a certain time period. So we're going to go back a couple centuries, but just enough so that we still can use a little bit uh, a couple pieces of, of story that actually does exist. But we'll have those as little kind of treats for you to come across, you know, so that you'll still feel like it's the same universe, just, you know, earlier, and, and go from there. And the one good thing, and this could end up being a bad thing, <laughs> but the, the one <laughs> potential good thing, because uh, I'm just realizing as I'm saying it, is that EA owning all these Star Wars licenses now means that I've heard Bioware... Uh, may or may not have another Star Wars game in the works. Because they already have SWOTOR, which, you know, jury's still kind of out on that, right? What are you talking about? What are you yeah. talking Don't even try to, like, sugarcoat it. I think Colin's fart noise was kind well, of the there. Yeah. I will say they survived longer than I thought they would. I thought by now they'd just be done. So yeah, that's true. It kind of is a credit to how they fucking won't give up that there's still people playing it now. And it's smart. Well, not smart. They they had to do the free-to-play. But yeah. because they did it, that kind of saved them. Because if they'd stayed on a subscriber basis, I think they would be gone by now. Yeah, honestly. Um, <laughs> you'll be dead? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> stupid Star Wars character. Wow. Um... <laughs> if only David was here. But anyway, so they there's rumblings, whether they end up doing it or not, you know, remains to be seen. But there's rumblings that they may or may not have another Star Wars game somewhere down the pipe the pipeline. Um and I'm hoping three. I yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm fucking praying that the damn thing is Kotor three because I swear to God, like, just, I know it's complicated, right? I know based on what you did in KOTOR 1 and 2, you could have a vastly different outcome than somebody else that played it differently. And, you know, well, that's kind of the hands you've been dealt, but... Well, it's kind of the way it was in Mass Effect 2. Right, I mean, well, Mass Effect as well, you know? I mean, think about... That's... Different, I mean, there are a lot of different paths you could take in that game, though. And <laughs> if they can't, you know, if they can't reconcile that in later games, then it's like, well... I mean, you think that you th corner kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. You think that Bioware would be used to it because I mean, they've always done those sorts of story-driven games that you think that they would be able to learn not to write themselves in a corner like that. Well, you, you know? know what's you know what's funny that you mentioned Mass Effect is that um, I don't think I don't think I mentioned this in last week's episode, but um, 
there was some discussion between fucking Mac Walters, ugh, Casey Hudson, and some other people, like leads, about what the potential Mass Effect 4 story or timeline will be. And they were super evasive. Like, they didn't really say definitely whatever it is. But they were saying all these possible ideas, like, maybe we could do this, maybe we could do that. Maybe How, how can you write a story? It's supposed to be a prequel, right? No, no, no. okay. So, they're, at first, people were, like, saying, oh, it's going to be a prequel. Now, they're not, they're being evasive about that, too. So, maybe it's How a- could you make a sequel to that? That's what I'm saying. So, so <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that in terms of, uh, sh- well, I wouldn't say writing yourself into a corner. It's kind of shooting yourself in the foot, really. Well, like, like shooting yourself in the head and blowing your brains all over the wall. Because <laughs> if you play Mass Effect 3, there's a lot of, well, not a lot. There's three different ways. <laughs> there's three different <laughs> ways. I'm falling into the same trap because they, they claimed originally, like, we'll have up to 16 different endings. No, you have three. And then a fourth a fourth. The fourth one that's essentially saying fuck you, you know, but <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about that one. Um, so, yeah, so they have all those different outcomes that could have happened. And it's like, if you're doing something that's not a, a prequel, how do you do that? You can't just go several hundred years into the future because there's still a lot that fundamentally changed about the universe depending on what you picked. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just going to change. And uh, what they make canon will potentially piss off a lot of people because if they do do the hard choice and say like uh, um, uh, we're going to say the destroy ending is like the canon ending mm-hmm. then all the other people that pick the other two endings will be like what the fuck like this isn't what I picked I, you know, my shepherd is doing this and that the other thing so I, I don't know how they could do a sequel they could do this is something I was thinking about a couple of days ago they could do something akin to like we were talking about Star Trek, the reboot. They could do the cheesy thing and say like an alternate reality or alternate yes. dimension kind of thing where you'd still have a lot of those elements of the universe. But say Mass like, Effect Infinite. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> like what if it was something like that? That's how they would avoid that problem because this is a different universe, maybe somewhere, something where Shepard wasn't there. So you have some other character, some other problems, but you could still get away with using that universe. But the more straightforward thing, of course, is to do the prequel. However, how many people, myself included, are really going to care about a prequel when you already know the massive thing that happens right afterwards? Yeah. Yeah, that's super lame. Mass you know? Effect, Ocarina of Time. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's going to want... Shepard's Mask. I mean, Grant, like... Sh- that sounds... <laughs> that's not good. Um... KOTOR had different endings, maybe not the extent of Mass Effect, though, so I would think if they made a KOTOR 3, it's more doable. It's still going to be kind of a pain in the ass. Not kind of, it's going to be a pain in the ass. But um, I think they could manage it. But... uh, I don't see it happening. (laughs) Probably not. They did this annoying thing, too, because they were part of the whole Star Wars everything, where at some point... I'm not sure if this was really Bioware's choice. I blame them initially, but it might not actually be their fault. Where one of the guys, Drew Carpishin, or Carp... I always forget his fucking name. It was one of the writers for Mass Effect, or one of the ex-writers. Um, he wrote a novel about Revan. And basically, once you do a novel that establishes that as canon, right? Which, second tier canon, yeah. Yeah, second tier canon, which pissed me and everybody else off because it was a very specific Revan who did very specific things. Yeah, they and triple stamp to double stamp. So yeah, 
And so if you had any revenue that deviated from that from your gameplay, it essentially overwrote that. And then that novel carried over into SWOTOR because then you bump into Revan and it's like that Revan and you're like, fuck you, you're not Revan, you're some fucking <laughs> scrawny asshole, get out of here. So if they did a KOTOR 3, I would hope they still kind of ignore that other bullshit and make it so that you could still somehow continue from where your Revan took, uh, left off, like the Mass Effect games. If they do it where you're forced with this new Revan, I'm going to say, fuck it. I'm boycotting this shit because this is ridiculous. Like, this is not... Like, why would you have such a massive disconnect between the older KOTOR games and the new one? I'm still sore about the Swojur thing. It's, it's so <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a lot of unknown stuff with... Uh, uh, the Star Wars franchises, and especially with Bioware's hand, potential handling of them. I'm um, still thinking of Mass Effect Infinite. Right? I mean, <laughs> it's, there are a million worlds on a million, million universes. It's shepherd. cheesy, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's, it is a potential idea, I think, because if, if they had some good writers, which occasionally they do. Um, <laughs> They lost, didn't they, they? They had they had one guy. One guy wrote the first Mass Effect, right? And then there was the twin writers, and then like the shitty writer took over all the writing duties. And the third one is what I understand. Well, then you get, you get Casey Hudson and Mac Walters, who were kind of overwriting. Like the the ending, a lot of people blame on those two because the rumor is that they the other writers like usually they do this kind of cabal sort of thing where it's like everyone runs their ideas past each other so most of the time you'd get stuff that at least fit well because you'd have somebody saying no 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 we can't do this <laughs> this doesn't work because of such and such and such but yeah. because it was just those two at the end the whole ending sequence feels different like when you play it because they didn't really have any checks and balances against their fucking ideas and Casey Hudson who is kind of credited for the stupid star kid thing, uh, had kind of too grandiose an idea that just didn't translate well when you, you know, actually put it into the game. So I would hope when it, whatever game they do from this point onwards, they go back to, you know, the checking against other writers. Cause you need that. It's like, it's why Lucas's films fucking sucked when he was the head honcho, because he had only yes men under him and he didn't have anybody like a, a big wig or somebody that this that was above him that would say no you can't do this because it's gonna suck. <laughs> he just had. No, I always found that funny because always whenever I watch Plinkett's reviews and he has the oh he has the, the, the producer no it has the producer being like I think we went too far and it's like why did you stop him? No I mean, no no but see even with the producers he's still the final word because his name is on everything <laughs> so it's like. I know that, but he's the producer, not the director. I know. I mean, it's, uh... There's a weird, from what I've seen watching a lot of these behind-the-scenes thing, things, it seems like there's a very odd, di or there was a very odd dynamic where Lucas would always check off on everything else, and everybody else would kind of just kind of bow and go, yes, yes, it's great, even oh. with even the producers. So it's like he wasn't just a director because you're right. In a normal situation, even a director would have somebody kind of going, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He was like this like semi-god kind of character. Like you mentioned Plinkett. There's a scene he found from like I think the behind the scenes in episode one where everybody's watching a specific cut of it before I guess it got re-edited to hell. And uh, you see their faces and he mentions it. He's like, you see these people and they look scared and confused yeah. and, and all this stuff. <laughs> and But none of them have the balls because he's their employer uh, to say, I don't think you should be doing this. So it's I don't know what it was like. I wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then like, he has he has that line from like the young Lucas saying like you know yeah so, it's, oh my god it's perfect right yeah if it you is it's green screen and special effects and whatever instead of the actual content you're like but you the story is yeah, important mean, the story is awesome when you make when you make the when you make the special effects the story you you really lose out on something yeah and then Flink wait is like, that was you. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. What? <laughs> so I, I'm gonna have to watch that again. God, well, me, me, and my roommate watch that all the time. I mean, it's it, it's it never gets old. At least so true, you know. Well, it is, and I mean, I showed it to Knox. I don't know what Knox, you know, Knox's response was a little more, a little less enthusiastic than me and my roommates was. It, I mean, I liked it. It was just like, uh, what I, I, I could have done without them murder stuff okay well, yeah the, no no, no. That, 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 that other shit was, was just prevalent. distracting i agree i i loved his the actual review and then when he started focusing a little about people in the in his basement or whatever i'm like okay can we just get back to the review again he does focus less on that in attack of the clones to be yeah. fair yeah. yeah uh i'll have to watch that one i guess that one it, it is good all of it's good but i think even besides that like that is one of the best pieces of film criticism i think i've ever seen you know more from like a a canonical perspective, I guess. Mm-hmm. That I don't know if that would make sense. I'm tired. <laughs> anyway, so my, the words aren't coming. Yeah, they're not flowing out. Uh, but that's all the Star Wars stuff in a nice little bundle. I I don't know what the future is going to bring with the EA Star Wars thing. I have some hopes. I have more fears <laughs> than hopes. Would you describe them as new hopes? No. <laughs> no. Zing. Zing. Yeah. Oh, oh, one last little EA bit. I think this is pretty funny because it just, it's like a ha-ha to EA. Um, they put an end to, the, or they're saying they're going to put an end to their online pass program. So if you didn't know what it was, yeah, well, it was that, that little code thing they would always have in your <laughs> game where like you could only play the multiplayer component of a game if you put in the, the passcode. So it was supposed to help people, or not, it was supposed to help EA by having people not really want to... Um, buy used versions of their games because those codes would already be used, right? Uh, unless you paid, I think, 15 bucks or something like that. But uh, there was a kind of a pretty good backlash <laughs> about that whole fucking system. So um, they said, quote-unquote, we've listened to the feedback and decided to do away with it moving forward. So they're not totally retarded. <laughs> it took them a little longer than I thought, but they still haven't put away their ridiculous always-on everything but maybe that'll be next considering they they said they're supposedly that is the way of the future just get used to it oh god you know that guy got fired yeah did you talk did you talk about that last week yeah well he he retired or something or i think we brought it up a few weeks yeah it's a recurring theme here he got fired (laughs) yeah yeah i think that actually forcibly retired yeah yeah I think that Microsoft actually came out and kind of said that that wasn't true, that they were going to have an always-on requirement. I think I remember reading that, but I don't want to... Well, we'll find out. I mean, uh, they're going to be revealing stuff, I believe, Tuesday? Yeah. Is it? That so, soon? Yeah. So we'll find out real soon if uh, if they will be always-on or not. But... I'm not going to buy a Microsoft console. I already, I already know. Well, the thing <laughs> is, there's going to be PS4. Why would you... <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm, 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 I've converted, I think. Oh, this so is I a think. first considering you used to do all those stupid like Well, mo- that was a joke. Sony that no was, games or was <laughs> Sony movies or PS3 so- no games. <laughs> but That's the fun- just all you making fun of Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid <laughs> makes fun of itself. God. 
Maybe seen Kojima. I mean, seriously. What'd he do? He had that. He, he trolls everybody. <laughs> he enjoys it. What'd he do? You were talking about that a couple weeks ago. Like, he wore something. He's like, do you like it? Oh, he wore, like, the, the weird fucking, uh, you know, in the trailer for Metal Gear 5, there's a guy with, like, a ban- uh, bandaged head. So yeah. I think for one of the presentations, he had a bandaged head that he he took the bandage off of and, like, introduced himself. <laughs> okay. Do you like it? Yeah. He said that, too. I don't know. <laughs> he, That's amazing. I don't know if he's aware of the meme or not, but, like, he... Well, he probably is. He's pretty savvy with those things, but... Uh, yeah, he's he's an interesting guy, I gotta say. Oh, man, I don't like his games, but he's hilarious. <laughs> what you don't like any? I don't like, like I don't like Metal, Metal Gear. That I mean, I played one. the first one a little bit, but the other ones were just like, eh. Oh come on, man! Oh come on! You, the first one. Well, if you played the first one when it was new, it was pretty fucking amazing. It was great. I love I, that game. It's pretty awesome. See. You yeah, but that was that was 15 years ago. That was quite so, a while ago. So you all of a sudden See, like now I feel old again. Oh god, <laughs> you're not even that old. Anyway, so that's our EA kind of wrap up. Um, I'm hoping more information will develop on that stuff uh, within the next couple of weeks. But uh, uh, oh, speaking of, we were talking about PS4. So here's here's a little funny bit of uh, PSN hacking suspect stuff. So. I remember there were a couple people back when the whole hacking thing happened for PSN that they were like, maybe it's these guys. But now apparently one guy in particular has been sort of singled out because he was he gave kind of the finger to the FBI by. Uh... <laughs> so, OK, so the FBI got a search warrant for this guy's house. Um, 23 year old Ohio resident Todd M. Miller. So uh, he knew that they were coming to check out his stuff. So whether he did anything or not, um, he went ahead and destroyed his computers. Uh, his hard drives were missing when the FBI came in. And this was sometime, I guess, right before they got the search warrant, I'm assuming. So without any evidence, uh, what would have been uh, up to 20 a years... Guilty. <laughs> yeah. A guilty conviction. Right. Well, But what would have been 20 years in prison and a $250,000 fine turned into... Three years of probation and a year of house arrest for obstruction of justice. Because that's all they could do. Without evidence, they had to say, like, fuck, we need to still get them somehow. <laughs> obstruction of, uh, of invest- the investigation. House arrest. Yeah. So, house, which is funny. House arrest for a hacker. That's probably... That'd be like sending David Koresh to a halfway home. Right? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but the other weird part, which seems to have nothing to do with anything... Uh, the judge involved in this additionally ordered him to get a high school equivalent certificate as part of his sentencing. You told me this guy didn't graduate high school and he hacked. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you really need an equivalent certificate if you fucking hacked PSN successfully? Like, I think you're probably doing okay. <laughs> I imagine the judge, like, patting himself on the back, like, man. Yeah, I got it. We got that guy. <laughs> yeah, we, high school equivalency. Like, we need to stick something else on him. What can I legally maybe stick? I, I think the judge was just feeling inadequate at that point. Like, I have a college degree and I couldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> you need at least high school. Whatever it is, I mean, it, it's kind of clever in a way because it's like he would have had some really severe sentencing, but uh, three years probation is like a drop in the bucket for somebody like that. I'm sure. 
But, uh, I mean, there is the potential, like, okay, if he's on house arrest, that means it's going to be harder for him to do any kind of hacking. But that's just for a year. <laughs> you know, I'm sure he could be patient enough to, to hold out until, you know, that's lifted. But knowing the government, who knows? Maybe they'll still be keeping tabs on him after that's over. But uh, they're probably going to be doing it out of spite, probably because it's like this guy tricked us. <laughs> we need to, we need to God keep an eye. Damn it! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, so that that's kind of funny. I thought uh, it, it just goes to show that I think the court, the well. A speeding guy. The court system kind of isn't really made for a lot of new technology or, or issues with new technology. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it, it, they just don't. Taylor who works in the law office. Imagine that the yeah. government running behind the times. That never happens. Oh shit! Speaking of government. <laughs> oh. Oh shit, son. Oh, shit, second. <laughs> uh, so the other thing that I wanted to mention, and it, it just sounds like a train wreck. Is uh, Biden has announced that? Well, there's, sounds good already. It's yes. Biden. <laughs> "Quote unquote." There's no legal reason why the government can't tax companies that produce violent video games. So, Oops. Yeah. <laughs> now Oops. They, they specified it saying, well, not specified. They generalized it saying <laughs> instead of saying video games, they I think initially said that they could tax media companies that broadcast violent images and produce violent video games. Mm. So. It could expand into just everything visual or entertainment. Um, but you, we all know what they're mainly gearing up towards. Because I would love to see them attempt to do uh, extra taxes on movies. And books. And music. Yes. And pieces of art. And, okay, need I go on? Yeah, so this is pretty crazy. I, I don't know if this would actually pass. It wouldn't. I mean, I, I, I am not a lawyer. I have to have that disclaimer, of course. However... I think that, you know, it, there's no precedent for having a tax on yeah. this sort of thing. Yeah. We were talking Let's about this we were talking about this before the podcast. Like they can justify having taxes on alcohol and taxes on um, uh, tobacco because it is has been proven to be detrimental to a person's physiological health. Now, they haven't been able to prove that um, uh, violent media has any sort of negative impact that can be proven scientifically. You know whether whether they haven't carried out those sorts of um, experiments yet, or whether they, you know, the the experience that they have carried out have improved it. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that. You know, I think that I, I, we were talking about this before. And I think that it's almost like Obama and Biden are just paying lip service to the people after Newton, after Newtown, and uh, the uh, the shooting at the uh, Aurora uh, Theater. Right? Was that in Aurora? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, during, Colorado, yeah, the, yeah. the Joker, the, the Joker shoot or whatever he did. Right. That, you know, he was, it, it's just like, you know, after this past year, it seems like just a bunch of nutters are going out and shooting everybody. You know, it's just like Obama and Biden are just paying lip service to the people who, of course, inevitably cry about video games. I mean, yeah. it's, it's getting to be an expectation. I mean, it happened after Columbine, it happened after Newtown, it happened after... Well, the other thing, too, uh, I wonder is, that they're mentioning taxing these companies. What about companies that aren't in the United States? Good luck taxing that. Yeah, exactly. Well, they probably just tax a distributor here. But so, that, I mean... Yeah, I'm sure but, that's going to screw with things, because it's like, yeah. look, if that actually does succeed, you can bet... I mean, people are already trying to outsource or, or push out companies uh, behind these kinds of games and movies and stuff to other countries. Like, I'm sure this is not going to help. It's like, oh, yeah. it's going to be an additional cost to an already expensive 
industry here. It's like, oh, let's just move everything to China or India or the Philippines or somewhere else where good luck trying to get these taxes passed. It's it's not going to happen. I I think the more interesting question, too, is who is going to define what is violent? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, uh, you would think it should be enough that the movie industry and uh, games and even TV shows, like they, they all have rating systems already in place. Yeah. So why is there even a need to tax? Like it feels like they can't get away because there just isn't any actual scientific evidence that there is this connection between violence and video games. So it feels like people are getting pissy because they can't get what they wanted out yeah. of the research. So they're saying, well, if we can't get the the stamp of approval on this, then we're just going to go and do this other way to make people feel yeah. shitty about playing violent video games. So... It, it's really fucking annoying because there's there's this terrible drop-off point. If if this somehow passes, this is just going to open the floodgates to a whole bunch of retarded, like, oh, well, special tax this or special tax that. And wasn't, there, wasn't there a law a Why don't you special tax porn? <laughs> we need well, they can't, well, they can't because that's, like I said, we were talking about this again, was because there is a test for obscenity in regards to, you know, sexual sorts of materials. It's called the Miller Test. It was established by the Supreme Court, and it basically asks questions as to whether um, a piece of, you know, a piece of media is offensive to the community at large, and blah blah blah. It basically just works, tries to work in the standards of the community, you know, whatever they define the community as being. But right, um, so but these guys are trying to make a distinction, like saying, like, oh, oh, you know, we just want to tax violent things. So what yeah. if you just want to tax pornographic things just for the sake of taxing yeah. them? Like, what are you? Let's see how well that works out. I mean, are we going to start taxing via, you know, vaccines? Because hey, could cause autism. Like I, I don't. Wink. They don't eh? Yeah, they don't seem to get this. Like uh, the, it just pisses me off when he says, "quote unquote." There's no legal reason why. Well, of course, you could technically tax whatever you want. Does that mean it's good necessarily for yeah. the country? No. <laughs> like it doesn't even necessarily mean that it's constitutional. I'm a tax just, that ass, what, girl. What, <laughs> when I, whenever I hear something like that come out of a politician's mouth, it just makes me think that this is not, this isn't a law yet, but we will make it a law, and then the Supreme Court will decide whether it's legal or not. You yeah. know, it's just yeah. it's it's like it's like the question of the jeez, oh, I had a I had a good comparison, and I can't remember what it is, but there was oh, I'm sorry, um, what what a citizen of the United States is. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really define what a natural born. I'm, I'm sorry, it has to do with. Pre- the, the voting for the president because what the constitution says that has to be a natural born citizen mm. of the United States well it doesn't tell us what that is right. you know everybody assumes that it means they have to be born in the United States but I mean it, like I said you know until it is until there is a court case challenging somebody who's elected president that was born outside the United States we don't know what that means because the court hasn't interpreted it yet you know it, it comes down to a fact that you know the court is the, a court is going to have to look at this case, you know, if there, if 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 the Obama administration were to have a law passed that taxes violent media, however they define it to be, there's going to be a court case that's going to say, you know, whether it's legal or not, whether it violates the First Amendment or not. Yeah, the only the only good thing I can say about how corrupt our whole system is with you know lobbyists and whatnot is that if they do try to go through with this, you can bet your ass that all the most powerful corporations connected to these kinds of media will all team up and say no <laughs> and and toss as many lawyers as they need to or as many 
uh, commercials or, or anything uh, at us so that, you know, it will just never pass. Because we've seen this before, right? Like, it, yeah. if, 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 if powerful beings don't want something to impede on their profits or whatever, like, they're going to do their damnedest to, to prevent this. Um, which is yeah. unfortunate that so many of these guys don't mind if that CISPA law passes. So, <laughs> so that's I, the one that freaks me out, actually. I, they still haven't updated that, right? It went to the Senate, I think. I don't know. It passed in the House, but then yeah. kind of stalled. Which isn't surprising. In, right. But it stalled in the Senate, which means that the assumption is it's not going to get past that. Yeah. If it gets stuck in committee there, it's probably going to be dead, dead in the water, you know? Stuck in committee. Yep. Got to love it. Well, I mean, once, once in a while, it, it, the whole slow process or corrupted process kind of works for you because <laughs> <there's, laughs> things get held up, you know, because yeah. it takes forever. It's like, well, maybe that's kind of a good thing. I mean, it'd be a better thing if this didn't even get to that point. <laughs> but, you know, I guess you have to take those what you are the can same, get. Those are the same companies who would probably be challenging the the, uh, the violent tack, the violence. That's tack. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. this is something they could agree on. That they would yeah. say, like, no, well, we don't want this. We do want to have control of your privacy and all your private information, sure. But we don't want our money taken away so or our profits, you know, dipped into. So, stupid. Man. It's like, God. it just reminds me of when they slapped a parental advisory sticker and stuff. It's just going to increase interest in this stuff. Yeah. At the it end is. of the day, I, I mean, mean in some ways it's good because it will bring bring more attention to it that you know some people might not normally be paying attention to. Yeah. Uh, because you would hope that when somebody reads about this stuff and they don't understand it, that they might try to educate themselves and say like, "Well, how big of a deal is this?" And then they read more about it and they're like, "Oh, wow, this is full of shit." There's <laughs> something, <laughs> you know, or they I might think, go the other way. <laughs> I think that video games are a curious case in this, and I just thought of this because. Um, I notice that there's kind of a disconnect between people, like the people we have on this podcast, and kind of the larger populace. I would say, and I look at this, and this is this isn't. I don't look at it from so much of a question of violence, but as a question of again feminism. I mean, this is just an example. Um, because when I look at when I read about feminist critiques of video games, it's like. While I agree with what you know what they're getting at, it seems like they're disconnected from the video game industry. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, it's, I understand because there's there's things like in principle. Sometimes when somebody yeah. complains about something in a game, I can understand yeah. that, and I could say yeah. you're right. It is stupid how, for example, yeah. when you play like a not Skyrim necessarily, but some kind of RPG type game, you get women that have bikini like metal bikinis. Yeah. Instead yeah. of like the guy's version of the armor, which is like fully covered and you know yeah. protecting everything, but the the shitty thing is what you're I think you're trying to say is the reality of it is that you know with focus groups and with the general retarded populace and, and those are kind of people they they seem to support buying this because yeah. as long as these companies are getting money, that is their green light to say like well people want this so we give people what they want and we get their yeah. money. Which so. leads back to like the question that it's a cultural problem. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. this isn't this is you know the sexism prevalent in video games isn't because oh God, it's a chicken and an egg problem. Isn't yeah, no, it's like in a uh, what's <laughs> it, it really called? Is. It's a it's a Ouroboros. Or yeah, Ouroboros. Ouroboros. Yeah, Ouroboros. Yeah, the Ouroboros. snake that eats its own tail. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you're you're right. Like um, uh, games 
on the one hand, are kind of a, an effect of the culture. It's it's like mm-hmm. a, you know, a, it's a reflecting what we've been established and, and perpetuating and that kind of thing. However, for the, the newer generation, for example, being exposed or bombarded with games and media and just society that is such a way kind of... Uh, reinforces groom- it. Right, it reinforces and grooms the next generation to keep doing this shit. Yeah. So at a certain point, and we're getting baby steps with it. Like, you see companies try to start at least somewhat breaking that mold. Like, yeah. maybe it's just one character that is kind of different than the typical group of characters, or, or one theme that is a bit more evolved or something, even if the core game itself is still supporting a lot of this bullshit. But it's like, yeah. I think people need to be... And it sucks because I'm always going to get somebody arguing with me about this. But we have to be, at a certain point, a little realistic about how we want to evolve the media. And I think, I'm saying media specifically with games. Because, you know, TV, movies and stuff, they've been around longer, so they have less of an excuse. But games are still relatively young. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though they're decades old, that's still pretty fucking young for society. And... um, in order to change people's minds, you almost have to slip it in like a like you're slipping something into a drink or something. Like you have to do it subtly enough so that they accept. Kind of like the Matrix or something. Like you have to be subtle enough so that the brain accepts it, but not so obvious mm-hmm. that it like pushes. Like they they recognize something's wrong and then they totally reject the whole thing. You know, yeah. and it's retarded that we have to do that. But that's kind of human nature. You know, like um. A much smaller percentage of society is, for whatever reason, seems to be willing to break apart from what their normal thing is. Because I guess, you know, normal is comfortable and normal feels safe, even if it's wrong. Um, and, and try some living or thinking differently. And some people I've seen, even in awful comment threads, some people do seem to kind of come around and say, maybe I've been wrong. But a lot of people, they have this weird knee-jerk reaction where you try to feed them something different and they'll just latch on even harder to whatever they had before, which is bad. So that's why I think to be realistic, we need to take small steps I mean, it may be testament. They need to be natural steps, not they have to forced. Be, right. They have to be natural steps, have better characters, or start out with at least a couple the, the, better characters, or better storylines, or something. The, the example that I can think of is the planet in, in Swotor that was made entirely for homosexual relationships. Oh. It, it, it makes me think of it because that, that, is, that is not natural. It's a shoehorn. You know That's what I the mean? problem. When it's right. established yeah. in, in a articles like, oh, here comes the gay planet. Yeah. You know, but I mean, when you have, it's, it's got rainbow rings. See, they they <laughs> they did some things retardedly, and then they did other things not so I, retardedly. Like, for example, relationships in Bioware games. We've discussed this before. Have become slightly. I mean, some of them are way obvious, but some of them are kind of nuanced and are treated and written a bit more realistically, like actual relationships. So, it, granted, it's kind of all over the board because you have different writers writing different characters, so some are more successful than others. But um. When it's done well, people just kind of go with it. And then if somebody says, hey, the gay, the gay, that's when somebody that normally before would have been like, yeah, fuck that guy. They, instead, they'll be like, no, I didn't really see a problem with that character. And when you hear that, when you hear that comment that like, no, that character didn't really bother me or whatever, that is the little 
inkling, like the little hint right. that like you're starting to turn the corner. You haven't actually turned the corner because they still might be really bad about certain things, but yeah. you've at least kind of slightly opened their mind to possibilities. There's this really great video. It's kind of related, kind of not. Um, that this this person went to was it Iowa? It was it was not California. It was another state, and they were walking around and asking people, um, "Do you think gay people choose to be gay, or uh, if they're have you seen this?" I've seen this. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty clever. Actually, yeah, it's actually a couple of years old, as it turns out. I oh, think. is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, bizarrely it's... enough, it just became viral this week. Though, yeah. But... So they asked the question to everybody: uh, Is it a choice to be gay? Or are you born gay? You know, and, and a lot of people, some people seem like they're really thinking about it. Some people, a couple of them, you know, obviously say like, oh, it's not a choice. But a lot of them say, well, it seems like it's a choice. Maybe around like high school or something. They seem like they'd finally decide whatever. And then the interviewer follows up with, so when did you choose to be straight? <laughs> and that always stops them because they're like, literally like they, they pause and they're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and a lot of them actually said, that's a good question. Like, you see, they can't deny that, that, uh, that, the parallel. And, and it actually, whether they really change their minds or not, you don't really know. But it at least kind of slightly opened the door to them thinking like, maybe I have been slightly thinking about this wrong. Right. <laughs> at the very least, you know. Maybe it's not quite the choice I think it is, you know. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I mean. That, that's a good example of, you know, that, that, I mean, if you could somehow work that into a video game story. Like, not, not that yeah. question exactly, but I mean that idea that you slip it in, you know. It's not, you don't make it a central tenet of their character. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but I think uh, I think an interesting real life example here might be uh, this old Hollywood actor Rock Hudson, mm. who, who was you know he was a big screen presence at the, the early like the fifties sixties golden age of cinema, and then very late in his life I think he said on, he was gay yeah yeah, and everyone was kind of like everyone was kind of shocked but he he had been so yeah. established as like but actor can see it stud now that look back on it right but it, right it wasn't a so obvious I mean. He was. I mean, maybe he's just a really good actor. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Liberace was going around. No, no, no. It was but, very masculine. But that's the appearance. thing. It's like initially it'll shock somebody. However, yeah. then if if Rock Hudson, for example, happened to be like a favorite actor actor of theirs back in the day, it may give you give them that little glimpse of like, well, maybe like if they had a problem with gay people, maybe gay people aren't that weird after all because. Exactly. Rock Hudson seemed just like a quote unquote normal dude, so People you know. Like that. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think that's the thing with games. Like for example, I think Tomb Raider has done pretty well, or at least decently well at this point. And um, a lot of people were, despite the initial way that it looked like it was some kind of torture <laughs> porn, uh, yeah. but the story and and uh, the evolution of this new Laura Croft, like people were praising how, you know, it was kind of a little off the beaten path kind of thing. Like it wasn't, um, it wasn't the typical girl kind of approach that they do to games. Like they gave her more depth and they gave her kind of some character development sort of thing. And it seemed like that was kind of the little, the little nudge people wanted. Like people enjoyed the game. They didn't really say like, oh, tits or GTFO or whatever, you know, yeah. stupid shit people usually say. But the, you sure didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> But it, what sucks is that to get this across to people, we'll have to do things 
in a subtle manner. And subtlety is harder and subtlety takes more work. And so we're going to see, especially in the next decade or two, like whether companies or certain companies really have the wherewithal, like the guts to go through this extra work to try and evolve their games past the norm of what's easy and what's quick. And I'll be curious to see which companies do that well, which companies totally fumble and just go back to the the shit. In a profit-based industry, it's kind of hard to do. It's hard, but it's like you can end up getting in the long term. See, a lot of these companies really only think short term these days. But in the long run, (laughs) in the long term, you'll get more uh, customers because at a certain point, you start appealing to everybody instead of, the specific easy group of people, and then you get more people buying your game. I like, hate to make this comparison, but it's like wrestling in the late nineties. <laughs> what? They they were not. I mean, like there came a point where like it was just the same shit over and over again. Oh, when they started like dr- dramatizing it and yeah, and they pushed this more kind of I don't want to you know I want to say an adult angle kind of to it, in that it, the stories had more depth. Uh, well, well, it was the nineties, so obviously antiheroes were in yeah big time. So when a guy came along that wasn't just straightforward, like, oh, I'm a good guy, eat your you know, cereal, take your vitamins, blah, 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 get good grades. He was an asshole, but he was still like the guy that was on the right side morally. Right. It's little shit like that. Yeah, little, little steps outside everyone's comfort zone, but just enough outside so that they'll take it and not too far outside where they're like questioning themselves. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's a like, weird comparison, but I see a lot of parallels. Yeah. Like, <laughs> before they became, uh, before they teamed up with us at WCW, yeah. and all that bullshit that happened after that. Um, I could go on a whole diatribe about that, but I won't, <laughs> I won't do it. But yeah, so no, I think there there's a bunch of different potential futures for for our industry, but. Um, I'm hoping we make the right choice. Some companies seem like they're trying to step up, but it's it's going to be slow. And, you know, no one's fucking patient in this goddamn industry, so it's going to make it even Nobody's more patient in this goddamn world. Right, yeah. That's that's the other element of society. Like, you're in a society now where you can get, you can order things no, no, online. No, 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 no. Yeah, like, who doesn't have Amazon Prime now, for example? <laughs> or, like, uh, who who is going to instantly complain when they don't get some package or mail shipped to them within, like, two to three days? <laughs> and, like, I didn't get my thing yet. It's been, like, four days. I'm going to get all of the things. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think... Society is is it's almost kind of getting into that idiocracy kind of group, <laughs> which I'm f- desperately hoping we avoid. But uh, yeah, let this let's just focus on games for the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's complicated enough. Yeah. Damn it, Biden. Yeah, but the feminism thing is is kind of frustrating because uh, well, I mean they're kind of interlinked. I mean it just it it just comes there down are some to whether common threads there. There are no. common threads like whether society accepts that right. um, video games can be that sort of medium. And, and I agree with that. It's just that the other issue that people always forget is that, uh, even myself sometimes, is that, unfortunately, you know, everybody's different. And everybody has potentially different opinions. And sometimes those opinions will clash. It's and, like, uh, you know, rest in peace, God bless his soul, Roger Ebert. Right. There's yeah. that whole fiasco. Oh, but art and right. video games? Yeah. 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 And, yeah, that's a good example of how... People. Wish he had played Bioshock Infinite. 
Yeah, it was. A, when did he die? Right before. Yeah, but I mean, he, he never. Yeah. He he fully admitted he never really. Yeah, was interested he said in it was, games. Yeah, exactly. And that's and, why he but had people to, still have their thumb up their ass about that. Right. So. But even um, even in terms of feminism and other issues involving games, there are um, certain degrees of that with with the people that critique it for different reasons sometimes like for example i might have an issue with one thing that somebody else will say like well no um you know like when we're talking about feminism in general like how you have certain feminists that actually feel empowered by having like a sexy character that they control like there were a bunch of feminists when i was looking up the whole bayonetta thing some people really dug that they were like yeah she's sexy and she kicks ass and she's really cool and these were women saying this and yeah. then you have the other ones like the Anita Sarkeesians that are like the really conservative feminism, uh, feminist types that are like, no, she needs to wear a, like a sweater or something. I don't know, like, you know. She needs to look like Elizabeth pre-corset. Yeah. <laughs> but like that, that's the other problem because yeah. you'll feminism always have, is not your feminism. Yeah, yeah or, or your issue on something is not quite my issue on something. Yeah. And that may or may not ever go away. Like we can – change certain general aspects of people's opinion but there always be those fringe elements where it's going to be really fucking difficult if not impossible to to alter people's perceptions on a lot of that stuff i think another one that's kind of been coming up lately and one that i focus on personally is uh um the depiction of race and ethnicity in video games oh yeah and this yeah. is kind of like a side thing we can talk about this in another episode perhaps but i found an article in, like a week or two ago it was called finding the spike lee of video games uh-huh and it were it's in regards to this uh this man named uh, joseph salter who runs uh entertainment arts entertainment arts research incorporated which is one of the first black owned publicly traded gaming companies right um, so, I mean, I haven't read this article completely, and like I said, I found it a week or two ago, but I've been busy with work and everything, but, I mean, I think that that and the feminism thing and everything, you know, all those sorts of, uh, I don't know, what, what would you call those sorts of movements, uh, uh, civil rights, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all these things kind of work interlock. Well, the movies, even though they're such an old media, well, relatively older yeah. media, like have that problem too because the whole thing with Django Unchained, yeah, like that was that was oh. another thing, kind of what I was describing about the feminists, but in this case, it was about you know uh, black culture, slavery, and a culture within the United States, and you know some people saw it as an empowering movie yeah. because you see this black man get free and then like yeah. say fuck all you guys and get his revenge, but then you see other people saying no, 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 this is bad. Yeah. Because they're they're more hypersensitive to a lot of those like issues about slavery and the treatment yeah. of black people and. Coincidentally, I was watching an interview that was with a, um, I forget the name. It was a black interest website that was interviewing Tarantino about Django, mm-hmm. and he brought up the fact that Spike Lee had said something. You know, Spike Lee is apt to right. be outspoken because he's Spike Lee. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> And I mean, it, it was funny because, like, you know, it was this black interviewer talking to Tarantino, obviously a white guy. Um, but Tarantino was had, like, what you would call stereotypical black mannerisms talking to this guy. And he was actually, <laughs> and what really cracked me was the fact that he was wearing woo wear, you know, like Wu-Tang clothing. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, during the like, interview? <laughs> during the interview. And the, and the interviewer goes, so, uh, he goes, so, Mr. Tarantino, are you going to bring Spike Lee in to see your movie. He's like, no, that short guy's got to buy a ticket. You know, and obviously Tarantino took it in. Well, they, they're also, I think despite their arguments, I've heard that they're, you know, they're friends. 
So he might have an issue with this movie, but I don't think that necessarily stops them from interacting with each other. It doesn't. It's like, you know, I think that people take, you know, I kind of, I mean, I know I'm not Spike Lee, but I act like him. Isn't that, I think I talk and I'm negative and I talk before I talk before I think, you know? Right. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I mean, it's like, I mean, I'm obviously not Spike Lee. I'll never be Spike Lee, who is one of my favorite film directors. But I mean, you know, we are apt to talk before we think. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, we don't do it because we're mean or angry or pissed. We do it because we think that people can do better. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, and Tarantino took it in straight. He took a lot better than Clint took Spike Lee talking about, um, oh. Spike Lee talking about, um, letters from Iwo Jima. Yeah. Letters from Iwo Jima. No, yeah, it was the other was, one before that. It was Flags of Our uh, Fathers. Well, he mentioned yeah. letters from Iwo Jima too. Yeah. Because, doesn't think before he talks. <laughs> yeah. Of course there are no black leads letters from Iwo Jima. Well, that's the other problem, <laughs> too. Like, people like Spike Lee, if, if they want representation or they want, like, a certain kind of representation, like, you, you this is getting into a whole other sub, <laughs> subtopic, but, like, other can of worms. For, for games, for example, first of all, you don't see a ton of black characters in games. But if you do see black characters in games... What do you usually see them as? Are they more aggressive? The coal train. Are they coal train? Are they bigger? Are they more like uh, uh, stereotypical with like ebonics or or something like that? Actually, one of the people, one of my favorite like black characters that I can think of is uh, Lewis from Left 4 Dead. Yep. Because Lewis is not the typical, he's, he's, he's not, like a he's nerdy, black he's like guy. a little IT guy or whatever, yeah. and he's he's I, nerdy, and he's 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 funny, and... He, he certainly slips into the stereotype, because you go, damn, you know, he'll do well, shit Well, once like in that. a while, but it's like... Yeah. But some, overall, he talks about Counter-Strike, and then yeah, he's like... <laughs> he talks about nerdy stuff, it feels like, you know, like, if, if I was in Left 4 Dead, I might be something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of yeah. thought of, for some reason, Jolie Bindo right off the bat. So. Oh, Jolie Bindo is awesome, because he's yeah. kind of... He doesn't really have... He has his own personality. He's surly, but he's surly because he's an old guy, not because right, he's yeah. black or he's anything. He's a crotchety old man, yeah. He's yeah. a crotchety old man. He could be a totally different skin tone or anything like that, but his character remains intact. Wait. Interchangeable, yeah. Yeah, so it's not so important about his his skin tone, and a lot of mm, it's not it's yeah. not Michael Bay black, yeah. right? <laughs> right. And I think f- for the most part, there's a couple characters I can think of that don't work as well. But for the most part, Bioware is pretty good about you know having character first and the whole visual representation sort of second. Well, they're they're good. They're good about race. They're bad about the thing sexual orientation. Yeah, because they base. I can't remember the name of the character and. In the third Mass Effect game, but they it was like oh, my husband, my oh, husband well, died. It's like I I get it. Okay, you're gay. Yes, yeah, I, I get Cortez. it. Like the yeah. the sad thing is, like I actually felt really bad for him, and I what? wanted to see more of him as a character. But the, there's so little. But that's all he was. That's I know. all he was. But that's what it I mean. Was, like uh, very singular. Yeah. Right. They yeah. have they had so little time. I think also probably because of their development cycle. But I they had so little time to really develop as, as a character. You could see hints that he was interesting. Like he loves flying those ships, and he's very good at it. And once in a while you get a conversation about it but you really only had like i don't know like three or four conversations with him total and then maybe some passing phrases that he would say so it's like what do they cram in because they want to be like equal opportunity and all this stuff like oh well we got to mention his husband so that's the first story thing and that's like okay i understand that but then this the next couple are him still kind of uh sad about it and in this in that short span of time i i can't really say that's a bad thing because it's like it just happened to him so if that had happened to me, yeah, that would still be on my mind. So 
on the one hand, I can understand why that came up so often. But on the other hand, as a gamer, you're right. I could see like, I know there's more facets to his personality, but I don't get to see them because they're yeah. never really shown. Like you can sense they're there somewhere, but I don't get to actually have these conversations with him. So that that kind of goes more into like a development cycle thing because they clearly didn't have enough time and they had a shitload of characters. So it's like, well, at a certain point, you almost had to boil down each character to like two or three things that people will basically know them the best for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, characters be damned, like you have to stick to those because that's your time constraint, which sucks. Um, but yeah, for these other characters where they are like a main character or something like that, it's it's refreshing. Like Jolie, to, you have a lot of more dialogue with him. And it's nice to see somebody kind of trying something different and not doing the easy, like, stereotype, which a lot of other games do. Yeah. So, but that is a a whole element in itself, like, how people see other races, other genders, other uh, orientations and stuff. That kind of leads in with what we're talking about needing to change things subtly. Like, uh, if you push too hard with too many like, radical things in one game, people are going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't even think it's a matter of, like... I'm not No, I'm trying to think of this in terms of a writer because I have made it my personal mission to make, write, you know, make characters that are vibrant and breaking the mold. But at the same time, I don't want them... I don't want that to be their character. Like, I don't right. want them... I don't want their character to be them breaking the mold. I want them to be... A good character who happens to be gay, who happens to be like right, but that's, you know, the, of that's color. the tough thing, right? Yeah. So it's like yeah. you don't you don't want to go fine line, right? You don't yeah. want to go the other side of the spectrum and purposely make them totally different to see like, exactly. see, look at that. Exactly not, right. It's not the stereotype at all. Like that's bad too because then that's drawing attention to the fact that you're trying too hard to make them into something maybe they just wouldn't be at all. Yeah. So like you have to, it's. As a writer, you know, like, it's very difficult to write believable characters because they need to be just as nuanced and and detailed as, like, a real person. And a lot of these companies don't necessarily want to spend the time to to make a ton of these complex characters. They want to make something quick and easy. Like, you can identify that guy in a crowd real real fast or whatever and then kind of be done with it. So that's kind of the next, like, stage or step in in our, like, subtle um, improvement of our industry is to have... At least a couple characters. Maybe not all of them, because maybe that's just too much for your pipeline to handle. But, like, mm. at least a couple that you'll feel feel like real characters. Or real people, rather. You know, like, like, I could know somebody that's like that. That, I think, is a good sign of a character. If you say, like, oh, this person reminds me of so-and-so. It's like, okay, then that works. You don't want to do something where it's like, this person reminds me of another character. You know, because <laughs> then that's... <laughs> That's not good. Like, oh, this person reminds me of, God, uh, like, the nutty professor. You know, like, when Eddie Murphy did those really awful kind of, like, stereotype characters? Yeah. And it's, like, or Norbit or whatever like that. Yeah, it's, like, like, all he's been in the past ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say, that. that's a good chunk of time you're <laughs> He used to be so funny, God. He used to be really incisive, and now he's just... Well, Man. he kind of went almost the same direction as the industry, where it's like he did yeah. what what he viewed to be the easy thing that makes money, because yeah. initially, you know, comedy's fucking hard. What's the yeah. say, what's the phrase like? Drama is easy, comedy's hard, or something like that. That's uh, good enough. Yeah. Some, I don't know what it is exactly, but <laughs> it's that... something like that. But I think it's very true because you always see interviews with all these comedians, especially like Louis C.K. and stuff, and they're always saying like, "Jesus, you know, you you rack your brains trying to come up with comedy that people easily laugh to and can relate to." 
But you can always do the stupid bullshit like slapstick stuff or, or stuff that's kind of similar to what's already been done, but just like with a new veneer of paint and, and, and make almost as much money, if not more, that way. But at the end of the day, when you have to live with yourself, it's like, which one made you feel better for making it? Mm-hmm. You know? And I wish more people would have to force themselves to do that in any industry. Like, look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and say, like, did I try to do something at least to make my voice heard or, or at least try to work with, with what I've been given, you know? Like, or did I try to push outside that and say, like, hey, can we try this? I mean, you know, if you work in a big company, sometimes it just can't happen because there's too many voices yeah. and whatever. But if you make the effort at least... I think yeah. it makes a huge difference because if you have that enough times, maybe at some point someone will say, all right, let's try it this way and see how it works out. And then you get your in and then you see if you can make a character that really works for you. Yeah. But uh, you have to, like a lot of people don't like looking inwards like that because it's it's tough sometimes. But yeah, you I love to, looking inwards. <laughs> but, <laughs> some people That's love it. Most people don't because then you see all the problems and uh, some people don't want to go through the work of changing them. Which yeah, the, yeah. Much like the industry. Yeah, I know all about that. Spooky stuff. <laughs> but anyway, so Spooky. we've gotten a little... Filthy. You know how I knew we were doomed? Because you said it was going to be a short podcast. Yeah. <laughs> should have said it's going to be super long and we're all yeah. going to fall asleep at the end. <laughs> no, but I think this is... Hopefully we've given you guys something to think about. Because um, as, as simplistic as the game industry sounds sometimes, it's actually a really multi-layered, multi-tiered, complex animal. I think it's more like it's more like something that can be very nuanced, but it acts retarded most of the time. That's the thing. Like it's retarded, but there's actually the funny thing is there's layers of retardation in there, <laughs> and there's actually so many points at which almost like one of those like branching diagrams. There's so many points at which you could stop it, but then it plugs back into you know regular retardation mode. Um, there are a million worlds with million million realities, <laughs> Booker. Uh, don't spoil. <laughs> What if people haven't played it yet? They don't have anything to say. Yeah, well, I wasn't talking about Bioshock. I was talking about uh, the Adventures <laughs> of, of. You just of, said Booker. God. I was I was talking about the I was talking about the Adventures of Booker Wilson in the world of. Anyway, I think that's that's enough. That's enough philosophy or whatever. Wrap it up. That's, wrap it up, B. That wrap that gavel up, B. <laughs> oh God, Dave Chappelle. That's a whole other topic. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening again this week. Hope you've got something cool to think about. Um, actually, if you have anything you'd like to discuss about the industry, you feel free to email us at nameofgamepodcast at gmail dot com. We'd love to discuss whatever you'd like to talk about. Uh, or if you have any comments on what we did talk about, if you think we're full of shit, or if you agree, whatever, disagree, you can email us too. Um, we have a website at in the name of, which is in the name of game dot com. I don't want to say at because you might think that's part of the URL. Uh, where we have this episode and all our previous ones that you can listen to. Uh, we also have a Facebook group that we regularly post uh, episodes and little news tidbits and things on, uh, which is just in the name of game. And uh, we have a Twitter where I post all the episodes every week, which is at in the name of game. And if you don't want any of that stuff, we are also on iTunes. Why would you not want that? You know, it's there's some yeah. people out there like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so if if you want uh, just the show itself, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and get us regularly every almost every week, every other week, pretty much. Sort um, of. That's well, what it averages out to be. Do it better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have something. Three times a year. <laughs> 
We'll have bursts where we where we go for a month. We're on every week, and then we have like a three week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, real life. So yeah, work, anyway, money, money, all those things. <laughs> yes, but uh, in the meantime, enjoy your games. Uh, keep on the lookout for uh, Microsoft's announcement next week. That should be pretty damn interesting. Hopefully, um, and we'll see you next time. All right, bye guys. All right. Later. Bye. Bye. Of earth, your choice, <laughs> the circle, the umbrella.